Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number three, live right here on this Tuesday on the early line on SportsGrid. We welcome you to our third and final hour on this Tuesday, up until 11 a.m. Eastern time. Still so much to dive into. It is Combine Week in Indianapolis. We will have a conversation about who is seemingly the best player and the number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. We'll get you set for Major League Baseball season. That starts in just a few weeks. Spring training now underway with our MLB insider, Craig Mish, up next. And then a ton of basketball to end out this third and final hour. A Tuesday night in the NBA, a Tuesday night in college hoops, just three days away from the month of March. All of that in this third and final hour up until 11 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, big show here, hour number three. Don't miss any of it because we have a nice little spirited debate here on generational talents and who they might Mm. be and also a lot more college basketball because as we know, yes, it's a leap year, but this Friday, Ben, is March 1st. And we know once March starts, the dancing shoes go on. Yes, they certainly do. A big Tuesday night ahead in college hoops once again. Before we get to college basketball, it is Combine Week in Indianapolis. And a guy who will be in Indy, at least we ex- What? You don't like Combine, combine. Week. What a shock. Yeah. What, a, what a shock. What a shock. Donnie Wrightside doesn't like the NFL Draft Combine and the Scouting Combine. What a surprise that is. We'll get to why in just a moment, but everybody's got to be here for it. So let's welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number three, our third and final on this Tuesday on the early line. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. I like the Combine for what it is. Donnie Wrightside does not. How come, Donnie? Tell the people. It's just a waste of time. And all like you say to yourself, right? Like, even if your company, which these are NFL teams, are going to send you a place, like you might say, hey, look, yeah. we got you on the list here. We're going to send you out to Indy at the Combine. If I'm a young, up-and-coming talent evaluator in an organization, I pass on that. I said, well, why would you pass on that? Like, you're going to evaluate players. <laughs> I got enough tape here, and I'm not going to waste your money by sending me to Indianapolis where nobody wants to be. Now, granted, right. this is in Los Angeles, San Diego, Las Vegas, Miami. We're all oh, in wow. on this. But the oh, fact that wow. the Combine is actually in Indy, oh, that's wow. a major downgrade. Why are we even televising this? Why are we even promoting this? It's ridiculous. I knew that's what it would come down to. A shot at Indianapolis, this nation's best sports hosting city, as we found out just mere weekends ago for the NBA All-Star break. Now, let me say this in terms of the actual points that you brought up about being a young and talented draft evaluator rising the ranks in an NFL organization. If you put all of your stake in all of a prospect's worth into what happens in Indianapolis or at a pro day or at an individual workout, you are not a young and talented and promising evaluator. And I don't think they truly do. It is a component of the overall sample size that you have on a prospect. It's like what we do, Donnie, reading between the lines. Ooh, that should be a larger spread than three and a half. It should be at least five and a half in knowing the trends, in knowing how the two teams match up for any specific matchup. That is what the best talent evaluator does. They take a little bit of the combine and obviously match it up with the tape to get the full picture of what a prospect could mean for your NFL franchise. 
Yeah, we'll see how it turns out here. But also, if I'm a player, I am showing up because my PR team, we can do the propaganda route, right? And you see it sometimes in the past. Like, hey, make sure you get a camera on this. My quarterback's going to help an old lady cross the street. Or watch this. He's going to go in the subway and buy a sandwich and hand it to a random homeless guy on the street. Make sure we get that over to ESPN. So you can use this propaganda in your favorite as a player. But from a talent evaluator, everybody is trying to trick you there in Indianapolis. These guys are practicing, running in straight lines and doing bench presses. I'm not buying any of it here. I'm not sending anyone. My, yeah. uh, my team All out part there. of your athletic. No. no. Yeah, your athletic and physical profile, obviously a very important component of playing in the National Football League. Not as important as the tape and playing in actual football games. Nobody would ever argue that. But I do believe the combine is televised like the draft is televised. So the National Football League can continue to control the content cycle and remain king. Donnie Wrightside even gets that. Now, we did ask the public to end out hour number two, a discussion we will have here to start hour number three. Caleb Williams not expected to throw in Indianapolis at the NFL scouting combine, but is expected to be there for the measurements and speaking to teams and all of that that goes into combine week in Indy. Quarterback, by the way, will work out on Saturday. That is this upcoming Saturday, March Second, is Caleb Williams, who is a minus 1,600 favorite to be the number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft, is Caleb Williams a generational NFL prospect? Most of the public, about 83% of the public, said no, he is not generational. 17%, including Donnie Wrightside, said yes. Well, here's the reason being, too. Let's go back maybe the last 25 years that look at generational talents here. Most notably, we look at the quarterback position. Trevor Lawrence in 2021, it was tank for Trevor here. We knew that. We knew he would be a generational talent. He was wonderful in college. Now, has it equated yet to the pros? We've seen flashes here, but we're waiting for the next step here. But before that, like Joe Burrow in 2020, we didn't talk about him as a generational talent. He's a very good quarterback in the NFL. We're just talking about hype and where it maybe meets the NFL. Kyler Murray, no. Baker Mayfield, nope. Jared Goff, nope. Jamie Swinston, no. You have to go back to 2012 to find Andrew Luck. And before that, we knew Cam Newton was a very good college quarterback. Generational talent, nope. How about Sam Bradford, Matthew Stafford? Solid quarterbacks in their own right. Alex Smith, Eli Manning, no. You actually have to go all the way back to 1998 to find Peyton Manning here. So we're talking about maybe three guys over the past 25 years with this much hype. And you're looking at right there, Caleb Williams is one of those guys with just as much hype as those guys we just talked about here. That says generational talent to me. Whether or not he works out is different, but the hype that Caleb Williams had for the past three years and the fact that he's such a market favorite to be number one overall and the amount of trade packages you might get for the Bears if you decide to trade him, that's generational. So I actually think that's a very strong argument. How strong his odds are to go first overall Mm -hmm. at minus 1,600 in the amount of hype that has surrounded him for the entirety of his college football career. The even conversation about it for Caleb Williams does make an NFL franchise focus on their future even when he was two years away from being eligible for the NFL draft. Generational indeed. I think part of what the hit is to a generational type talent stock for Caleb Williams is the struggles that USC had a season ago, not all on Caleb Williams. On top of that, for Caleb, it is some of the off the field chatter, whether it's true, false, fair, or unfair. I think it has taken hits at his NFL draft stock. Again, he is going to be that first overall selection, regardless of what NFL team makes that pick. Generational is a different story, but the odds at minus 1,600 might back up what Donnie Wrightside has to say. It's early MLB preview in the ALE next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You can feel it in the air. Hope springs eternal as spring training is now underway in MLB. A new Major League Baseball season is on the horizon just about a month away. So we have talked a lot about free agency, how hot the hot stove was during this MLB offseason in the winter. Now it's time to actually look and preview a new MLB campaign. We do that on this Tuesday here on the early line with the host of Newswire and our Major League Baseball insider, that is Craig Mish. Craig, thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday on TEL. We start with a divisional preview, and we start with the American League East. Glad to have you here on this Tuesday for it all. Thanks for having me once again, guys. I had a chance to go to spring training a couple times last week. Back with you guys here today. Let's get into it. Love it. There are three divisions, of course, in each league, six in total. Craig, when you look at the American League East, it is stacked. Last year, the divisional champs, the Baltimore Orioles, who won more than 100 games and were the number one seed in the American League playoff bracket. But this year, it's the New York Yankees, of course, booked as a favorite at plus 130. The O's, the second best price at plus 220. A small drop off to Toronto at plus 440. Never count out the Rays at plus 650. And the Red Sox bring up the rear at 14 to 1. Craig, as you look at the American League East as a division as a whole, is it the best division in Major League Baseball? Look, I think you can make the argument there or maybe even the National League East as well because, you know, the Braves are going to be there. There's no question the Phillies are going to be there. I mean, I I foresee the Mets improving over last year. The Marlins made the playoffs. Washington's going to get better. Mm -hmm. So it's probably one of those two divisions, I would say, going into the season. But, you know, very very clearly for me, uh, I think what makes this division so good is you basically, to me, have four teams out of the five that could potentially win the division. I'm not going to discount the Tampa Bay Rays at all based on what they've proven over the last decade or so. To me, the only price that, you know, again, you know, sometimes you throw a dart, you take a long shot here. Uh, Personally, the Red Sox would not be one of those for me. I just haven't seen them make any impactful moves in the offseason. And, you know, certainly there's still a little bit of time to come. There's been rumors of Jordan Montgomery. Would he make the Red Sox an American League East winner? I don't think so. So for me, it's one of those four teams that you just showed. If we focus here on the New York Yankees, and rightfully so, maybe the biggest market mover in the offseason was Juan Soto heading to the Bronx here, which now gives you a very formidable lineup. If we're just taking a look at the top half of that order, Craig, DJ LeMahieu, Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Glaber Torres, Alex Verdugo, and Giancarlo Stanton. Looks very good mm-hmm. on paper, but the problems here is staying healthy. We've even heard from Aaron Judge's camp that the toe is going to have to be managed repeatedly, and you know we don't expect it to be an issue, but it might be. Giancarlo Stanton, we know, has missed a ton of time over the past couple of years coming over from the Marlins and also from a pitching staff relative. Garrett Cole may be the best pitcher in baseball, but major question marks on Carlos Rodon. Can he bounce back from a bad year last year? You add Marcus Stroman to that rotation. Are we looking at the Yankees as true front runners here? Or are we just hoping maybe they stay healthy and we can have a clearer picture come maybe May, June, or July? Yeah, Donnie, I think you said it best. The word is hoping once again. And, and look, the books mm-hmm. have to protect themselves against the Yankees every single year. It's just one of those teams that just has no value in terms of betting, at least for me, the way that I've looked at it through the years, whether it's their win total or to win the division or win the American League. You know that if they're in a position to add players at the deadline, they'll do it. So that gives you some optimism there. Uh, You know, Nestor Cortez thus far has looked good in the spring. You know, Rodon, that's going to be a big part of that. But I just don't see the team being that much different outside of adding Soto, Donnie. And, you know, the truth is with the Yankees is, over the last few years, we've seen their offense, uh, you know, splurge <laughs> for a couple of months, and then we've seen them go cold completely as a team. Yeah. And until that changes, 
it's not going to be the team that I'm going to pick to uh, win the American League East, that's for sure. It is so interesting when you look at the New York Yankees, one of the biggest brands in baseball, one of the biggest, biggest brands in all of sports. Since their last World Series in 2009, the Yankees have failed to even win an American League pennant. So I think the conversation around the Yankees' odds, is it bet it first, expecting it to happen, or see it happen first, and then truly have some belief the Yanks are that frontrunner and contender they were always booked as. The Baltimore Orioles won this division a season ago with over 100 wins just two years after suffering through more than 100 losses. So Craig, when you look at the O's, the team win total 89 and a half. They are heavily favored to see the American League playoffs once again, nearly a $2 minus money favorite. How does Baltimore build on the success of a season ago? Well, adding Corbin Burns was huge for them, and that does give them an opening day starter, a frontline starter, especially with the injury news to Kyle Bradish that came out of the spring. To me, he was one of their, let's say, second or third best pitcher going into the season. Automatically, you know that there's a chance that he's not going to be ready to pitch opening day. The other thing that you subtract from the Orioles last season is the fact that their bullpen with Yenir Cano and Felix Bautista, to me, that was the best 8-9 combination in all of baseball. Now Cano mm. goes into the 8 or 9 spot, and then the player that we're going to see make his debut in the spring this week is Craig Kimbrell. So is Kimbrell Bautista? I don't think so, but that's going to be an important part of their conversation. Ben, they're going to hit it. This is going to be a great hitting team, maybe the best hitting team in the American League. I don't think there's any question that that is coming back once again. But can they pitch their way to you? You saw the win total of 89.5. Can they pitch their way to 90 plus? And then with the sale of the team coming up, the other question you have to ask is, is this Mm. like one last dance for the Angelos family? Are they going to push the chips all in this year and try and go for it? So the Orioles, to me, are a fascinating team. But when the end of March comes and we get to opening day here in the States on the 28th, I'll be picking the Orioles to make the postseason again. Craig, last year we take a look at those Toronto Blue Jays north of the border, brought the fences in, and we thought it was going to be a power surge across the board, and it turns out it wasn't. This is a team that's a lot of fun to watch, but expectations are high, particularly with some of their big boppers in that lineup, Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, and Turner. But last year, 21 home runs for Springer, 20 for Bichette, only 26 for Vladdy Jr., and 23 for Justin Turner. Is there a chance that these bats turn it around this year, and we see that power surge that we should be accustomed to here in Toronto? Yeah, Donnie, it's a really strong core that they have higher expectations for. There's there's just something about it that hasn't really clicked quite yet. We saw their pursuit of Otani in the offseason, and that didn't happen. I still think the team is built to make the postseason. And honestly, if you put their team up against the New York Yankees, I mean, is there that much different? Why are we hoping for the Yankees? Or let's say this, why are we hoping for the Blue Jays and expecting for the Yankees? Like It's not, it's not fair. So I, I, I do think the Jays are going to be right there in the end, another team that could be formidable. I guess my concern would be with them is that what if it doesn't go right this year? What would they choose to do? Would they break up this core? Would somebody get traded? Yeah. Uh, remains to be seen for me. But look, the Blue Jays to me going to be above 500. I think their win total, by the way, is as posted 87 and a half. One of those that I feel like is really spot on and close going into the year. Two more teams to go in the American League East. The Rays, a staple of consistency. They have been in the playoffs each of the past five years. Craig, what is the main reason you point to the consistent success for Tampa? Yeah, it's a fascinating team because it always feels like they're finding players off the scrap heap to throw in the bullpen that are going to throw sliders, get strikeouts, get swings and misses. They bring in guys on reclamation projects that always seem to work out, and that's to go along with some of the great players that they have, nice young players to go along with Randy Rosarena, who they kept in the offseason, and Yandy Diaz. You know that they're going to find a pitcher or two along the line, and they also signed Ahmed Rosario for like a million bucks too, so that guy's going to play all over Uh, the infield so I certainly love what Tampa Bay is doing and I'm bullish on them once again this year they have gone over that win total of 84 and a half in the last five full major league baseball seasons quickly here Craig as we approach the break the Boston Red Sox the lowest win total in the division 79 and a half what does a good year look like at Fenway I don't know. You tell me. This has not been a good offseason for them. They haven't done enough. There's still some time to get a little bit better, but uh, they hired a new you know, president of baseball operations in Craig Breslow, and he's going to be under fire almost immediately. I'm not bullish on them. 
A tough year may be ahead for the Red Sox, the lowest win total in the American League East. We will see Craig on Newswire in about 40 minutes. More on the early line up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash Active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus and offering circular or if available a summary prospectus containing this information read it carefully while active etfs offer the potential to outperform an index these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive etfs fidelity brokerage services llc member nyse sipc reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's go around the association. Live right here on this Tuesday on the early line on SportsGrid. Only four games yesterday in the NBA. Plenty more on this Tuesday. What could have been potentially a marquee matchup and maybe an Eastern Conference Finals preview lacks a little bit of that luster tonight in Boston inside TD Garden. On one side remains the best team in the association, the Boston Celtics. They had 43 wins at the All-Star break. Now make that 45. They have won both of their games following the break. Boston not only the best team, Donnie, in the NBA, the hottest team, winners of eight straight in the C's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite against the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. Over-under stands at 230-and-a-half. Of course, no Joel Embiid for Philadelphia. He has missed 13 of the past 15 games for the 76ers, in which Philly has lost 11 of those 15 games. Yeah, it's going to be hammer time again tonight here for the Boston Celtics. Now, do you want to say you want to lay, you know, close to double digits, excuse me, more than double digits, close to two touchdowns in this game? Probably not. But at the same time, what gives you hope for the Philadelphia 76ers that they're going to go on the road and take on Boston or at least be competitive well into the second half? I don't see that happening. The Sixers weren't all that competitive at home against the Milwaukee Bucks, another one of those teams that is trying to front run here in the Eastern Conference. But the clear-cut favorites in the Eastern Conference are the Boston Celtics. And as their starting lineup, Holiday, White, Brown, Tatum, and Porzingis, if they're full gas, they should easily dispatch the Philadelphia 76ers in this game. But also, as I talked about it before, I knew they were going to lose to Milwaukee. I know they're going to lose to the Boston Celtics. Then I'm going to bet the Philadelphia 76ers still sitting at 31 to 31 to 1 price here at the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the NBA championship, hoping that Joel Embiid comes back and returns to form and they can win a few playoff series to turn that ticket into money. But as for tonight's gambling, the Sixers should get shelled in Boston. Yeah, as we have said, 18 to 1. Now the number on Philadelphia to win the Eastern Conference, sixth mm-hmm. best price. But where Philly stacks up in the standings, still that fifth best number, a game lead over both Miami. That would be the five to six split. And the Pacers, only a game back of Philadelphia as well. So the 76ers still staying out of the play in tournament is the key to any of their Eastern Conference finals aspirations with a healthy Joel Embiid. Now, Boston, who has a 45 and 12 record in winners of eight straight they have booked been booked as a double digit favorite in five of the eight consecutive wins boston has been booked as a favorite in 55 of 57 games this year 26 
26 and 3 against the spread. Next up, we go to Cleveland. It will be the Cavaliers hosting the Dallas Mavericks, who were one of the hottest teams in the NBA and the hottest team in the Western Conference, winners of seven straight. That win streak came to a close for the Mavs on the road in Indianapolis on Sunday afternoon. Now a four and a half point underdog is Dallas on the road in the land today against the Cavaliers over understands at 232 and a half. I think I want a little bit of the Dallas Mavericks in this spot here. I'll take the four and a half points. Doncic and Irving expected to be in the lineup, which is going to be key, obviously, as we know. But also, coming out of the break, the Cleveland Cavaliers, we thought we were going to get Donovan Mitchell back. Misses the game against Orlando and also against Philadelphia, but did return at Washington. Again, a bad basketball team. He really wasn't all there, Ben. 36 minutes played, 4 of 10 from the field, and only equated to 16 points. So maybe you're catching the Cleveland Cavaliers at the right time where you don't have a full gas Spider Mitchell here. I'll take the points with the yeah. Dallas Mavericks on the road tonight predicated once again that Luke and Kyrie are both in the lineup as he anticipated tonight I think they can give Cleveland certainly a good run for the money and also the chance to win the basketball game but we'll take the four and a half points the Cavs did enter the all-star break one of the hottest teams overall in the calendar year 2024 they had won 18 of their last 20 they were 18 and 3 in 2024 Overall, they have dropped two of their first three following the All-Star break. Of course, Spida did return for the matchup against the Wiz, a nine-point win for Cleveland. It's first following the All-Star break, but did not cover as a hefty 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, Dallas as an underdog, 10-and-14 against the spread, only a dog once in that seven-game win streak, they were a slight favorite on the road in Indianapolis. Cleveland has gone under in three of its last four games. That total tonight at 232 and a half. The Knicks will host the Pelicans on the second leg of a back-to-back. Again, it was chaos. It was hysteria at the end of the game for the Knicks yesterday against the Detroit Pistons. Just the third win for New York in its last nine games the Pels enter actually as a road favorite laying three and a half total at 219 now 218 and a hook is the right side favored inside MSG I'm going to lay the three points in this game. And also, you're taking a look at a Knicks team that, yes, they're looking to just win basketball games any way they can. That starting five certainly maxed out, playing a ton of minutes and had a big-time game yesterday against the Pistons, who are not a very big-time contender here. So then you take a look at the Pelicans. They're not coming in in great fashion either. Back-to-back losses, they probably should have won both of those games. And now yeah. they're looking to end that game, that two-game skid and not turn it into a three-game skid. McCollum, Ingram, Jones, Williamson, and Valanciunas expected to be in the starting lineup. That That's a better starting lineup than the New York Knicks, who, again, are going to have to play major minutes from their starting five on a back-to-back. Give me the Pelicans in this game tonight, Ben. The Pels have only won one of their three games since the All-Star break, as Donnie alluded to. When you look at New Orleans, they have been booked as a favorite in all three of those games as well, dropping the last two outright, both of those totals staying under. I would expect the Pelicans to bounce back. I wonder how much offense New York puts up tonight. That total at 218 and a hook again, 26 games. For the Knicks in the calendar year of 2024, January now into late February, they have gone under in 20 of the 26. Next up, we go to Oklahoma City and Houston. OKC, a double-digit favorite against the Rockets. These two teams played on Sunday. Oklahoma City got the victory as well. Ten-point spread in favor of OKC over under 235 and a half. The Thunder now, Donnie, best cover team in the association, 36-20-1 and against the spread. Yeah, let's get locked in on the Thunder tonight because we're also taking a look at now in the second half, or should I say that sprint to the second half of the season here. OKC is locked in on that number one seed, toe-to-toe right now in a dead heat with the Timberwolves. That's going to mean something here. Why? Because the Houston Rockets aren't locked in anything but maybe playing some decent basketball and increasing their ping-pong ball chances at the end of the year. I'll always take the team that really needs it over a team that technically doesn't. And also, say, well, Donnie, the Knicks really needed that game last night. The Pistons aren't playing for much. Completely different here. You have an intact starting lineup that should be full gas tonight for OKC on their home court and playing great basketball they should win this one going away against the Houston Rockets here 
40 and 17 now for Oklahoma City. Tied for the best record in the NBA's Western Conference right alongside the Minnesota Timberwolves. OKC has won five straight, including all three following the All-Star break. They've been booked as a favorite. They have covered in all three of those games. In fact, the Thunder have covered in their last five wins consecutively. When you look at the points props tonight, Shea Gilgis Alexander, where is that number? It's been pretty consistent. That's where it remains. 30 one and a half. I would keep an eye, though, on Alperin Shingoon for the Houston Rockets. Points prop of 19 and a half. He's been going over that rather frequently here as of late for Houston. The Rockets at this moment, they're four and a half games back of Golden State in that 10 spot. Houston in the 12 spot in the Western Conference standings. A lot of ground to make up with about 25 games or so left in this NBA regular season. Utah a little bit closer. The 11th spot right now in the Western Conference, but still a full three games back of Golden State. Atlanta still holds on to the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference. The Hawks, even without Trey Young on Sunday, a game that was weird. They were booked as a two-point favorite against the Orlando Magic without Trey Young and the injury, and they made good on that number, winning by double digits. A slight home favorite against Utah tonight in the ATL. It's minus 120 on the money line now. It's only a point and a half, though, in favor of the Hawks. Yeah, I'm not trusting Atlanta Hawks in this game. And sometimes we see it across all sports in the same landscape, Ben. Your superstar player is down. You guys can buck up for one game. And they did play very well against the Orlando Magic yeah. in that past game that they played. But now you're starting to set your sights on we're going to be weeks here without Trey Young. Of course, DeJounte Murray filled in admirably in that last game, rightfully so. But the Utah Jazz also trying to fight their way into the playoffs as well. I think they have a better starting five tonight at the Atlanta Hawks and something that you, Ben, always bring up and rightfully so. The Atlanta Hawks, despite winning that last game and covering against your land of magic a very yeah. bad covering team expected to win tonight i'm going to take the utah jazz on the road because without trey young game number two i think it starts to catch up with them here the atlanta hawks are 25 and 32 straight up the atlanta hawks are 18 and 39 ats that is by far the worst cover percentage in the nba in fact with some of the recent games in the last 48 hours the hawks now the only team in the entire association that is covering in less than 40% of their games, just a little bit more than 31% with an 18 and 39 against the spread record. When you look at Utah, 20, 20 and one ATS as a dog, but it's a point and a half spread. There's 18 cents of difference on the money line entering tonight's game in Atlanta. Utah has also been pretty good winning outright as a dog, 15 and 26 straight up, 15 outright victories as an underdog. I might look to Utah's side tonight as they still try to stay in, play in tournament consideration. DeJounte Murray now without Trey Young, you can see what is expected from the props, nine and a half is the assist number for DeJounte Murray tonight. The over, a little bit of plus money. The under has the juice. OKC, a double-digit favorite at home against Houston. Minnesota back in action, 13 and a half point favorite against the San Antonio Spurs. Will both teams win? Will we still have a tie at the top for the number one seed in the Western Conference come tomorrow? Golden State, by the way, double-digit favorite, laying 11 and a half on the road against the Wiz. The Wizards have lost 11 straight games now to college basketball this is only february but it's almost march in three days john ross next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com stock have too high a price buy a slice Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? 
Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um. February can be a very long and dragged out month. Today is Tuesday, February 27th. This year, 2024, is a leap year. That's an additional day of February as we we all await the month of March. That starts in just three days. So this might only be February, but maybe more so, this is almost March. Live right here on a Tuesday on the early line on SportsGrid as John Rothstein joins us live right here as March approaches in just three days. John, can you feel it in the air? When does the countdown to March officially get underway? Well, I don't want to give any teasers here, Ben, about what my plans are to unveil the start of March 2024, but obviously we are all counting down as we are now just days away from the greatest month on the calendar. And Ben, in just a couple more days, we will be able to say this is March. And we sleep in May, and that is always the case. Three days until March, 19 days until Selection Sunday to unveil the 2024 NCAA tournament bracket. John, only two top 25 teams in action on a Monday night. We go to ACC action in Chapel Hill. Ninth right North Carolina got 42 points from R.J. Davis. The All-American guard certainly seems to be that here this year in 2023-24. But despite being booked as a 14-and-a-half-point home favorite, the Tar Heels win by only four against a reeling Miami team. 42 points, though, for R.J. Davis inside the Dean Dome, a new record. John, what was the main takeaway last night in Chapel Hill? Well, the takeaway was that Miami, I thought, played a great game despite not having Nigel Pack and Wooga Poplar, two of its three or four best players due to multiple injuries. But Miami made eight three-point shots in the first half. That put the Hurricanes within striking distance. Obviously, an incredible performance by R.J. Davis, but not a great performance overall by a North Carolina team who is still very much in play to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. If we take a look at moving forward here in the ACC, obviously the North Carolina Tar Heels, a game and a half lead right now over the Duke Blue Devils in the standings and also the Virginia Cavaliers. What is the upside of North Carolina for us? Is it a chance to get to the Final Four? Is it actually cutting down the nets? Where do you think they wind up here for us, John? North Carolina is a bona fide Final Four contender. There's no doubt about it. But I also think we need to point out that if North Carolina does not earn a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, It could be the two seed in the East region, and that would mean likely having to go through UConn to get to a Final Four. That will not be an advantageous situation for any team that is a two, three, or four seed in the East region because, as we've been well documenting, the Huskies are set to play their first two games at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and should they advance, they would then play regionals in Boston less than two hours away from the basketball capital of the world, Source, Connecticut. That's certainly where it is right now. UNC, that 20-to-1 number to win a national championship right alongside Marquette and Auburn, sixth best on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The other top 25 team in action last night, 15th-ranked Baylor. They dropped both of their games a week ago on a big Monday in Fort Worth. The Bears get a big victory outright as a two-and-a-half-point road underdog against TCU. John, what does each and every night in the Big 12 during conference play mean for these Big 12 teams, including Baylor, and their outlook in March? It means that you're playing a game that, for the most part, is equivalent to a game in the NCAA tournament. And last night was not a very aesthetically pleasing game, but Baylor, two days after losing a heartbreaker to Houston, was able to go on a road, on the road and get a very, very nice win against the team in TCU that's going to be playing in the NCAA tournament for the third consecutive year for the first time in program history. But I firmly believe that for Baylor to be really, really hitting its stride at the right time in a couple weeks, it needs to get back to full strength, and it needs to get Langston Love back in the lineup. He has been in and out of the lineup the past couple of weeks due to nagging injuries. But this is Baylor's 
you know, first reserve guard off the bench. He's a double-figure scorer. He gives Scott Drew another weapon in reserve. Let's get to the SEC and have some fun tonight. We take a look at six, six mm. current ranked teams in the SEC, seven teams within three games of the top spot, which currently is held by the Tennessee Volunteers and the Alabama Crimson Tide. We just watched over the weekend an unbelievable offensive performance for Kentucky, scoring over 115 points against Alabama in a victory. Now they go on the road, a more defensive-minded Mississippi State team. If we line this up at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John, we have a favorite here. It's Mississippi State at minus 3.5 and, and a total of 156 and a half fresh off that big victory over the weekend for Kentucky. What can we look forward to tonight between the Wildcats going down to Mississippi state? A complete contrast in styles. Kentucky scored 117 points on Saturday against Alabama at Rupp arena. And tonight it has an appointment with the dentist himself, Chris James, Mm. somebody who relishes in winning games 60 to 55. But the big difference in Mississippi State this year versus last season's team that went to the NCAA tournament and lost in the first four to Pitt is Josh Hubbard. Now, there has been a lot of talk about elite freshmen in the SEC, and many of those freshmen play at the University of Kentucky. But it would not be an oversight, Ben. It would be a flat-out insult to have a conversation about the best freshman in the SEC and not bring up Josh Hubbard. He's averaging over 15 points a game. He had 32 in Saturday's win at LSU for Mississippi State. And people from the periphery are going to look at tonight's game as just another stop as Kentucky gears up for a big run in the postseason. I look at it as a showcase opportunity for Josh Josh Hubbard, one of the best freshmen in college basketball that not enough people are talking about. Under Chris Jans, we know the philosophy. The Bulldogs, the 11th best defense in the country. You look at that Mm -hmm. total, 156 and a half. Kentucky over in 19 of 27 games. And that phenomenon where the unranked home team is booked as the favorite against the ranked road opponent. John, as you look at Kentucky overall, of course, across college basketball, teams are judged and evaluated by different metrics. For Kentucky, it is Final Four berths, and it is national championships in Lexington. They have not reached a Final Four, has Kentucky, since 2015. Only two Elite Eight appearances in that span of nearly a decade as well. Is this the team under John Calipari to get Kentucky Back to a Final Four. There won't be a team that Kentucky plays in the NCAA tournament on a neutral court that boasts more talent. That doesn't mean, though, that Kentucky is going to be good enough to win four games in the NCAA tournament. It all depends on the draw, Ben, and we won't know that until Selection Sunday, which is two weeks from Sunday. But I also think that Kentucky needs to take the next two and a half weeks, the rest of the regular season, and the SEC tournament to be in a situation to boost its potential seed. Right now, it's kind of in the mix to be a five seed in the bracket. But Kentucky, in my opinion, with the games it has left on its schedule, like tonight against Mississippi State, like a game at Tennessee before the end of the season, and also several neutral site games that it will play in the SEC tournament, there is still a slew of quad one opportunities at hand for the Wildcats. Mm. The more of those that they win, the better their seed will be on Selection Sunday. Freshly minted at number one in the country. It's those Houston Cougars from the Big 12 set the play tonight, taking on Cincinnati at home. This line at the FanDuel Sportsbook is at minus 13.5 and a, half in a total of 132.5. The pressure of being number one, we see it multiple times. Houston finally number one. What can we expect tonight from Houston and also for the rest of the regular season here, John, in the Big 12? Well, to me, it's pretty amazing that, you know, Houston over the last three years in the American Athletic Conference won just over 86% of its conference games. And now Houston bumped up a weight class, went to the Big 12, which has been unequivocally the best conference in college basketball. And as of today, Mm -hmm. it has won still over 78% of its conference games in its first year in the league. The reason? Kelvin Sampson further cementing his place as a Hall of Fame coach and Think about this for a second, guys. Ten years ago when Kelvin Sampson took the Houston job, they were nowhere near the top 25. And Houston right now is just two and a half weeks away from being a number one seed in the NCAA tournament in back-to-back seasons. That's pretty remarkable.
The Cougs ranked number one in the country for the first time this year, the fifth different team to be number one in the AP poll this season. They spent seven weeks as the number one team in the AP poll a season ago, but that was the first time since 1982-83 in the five slam jamma days for the Houston Cougars. Another Big 12 battle tonight inside the fog in Lawrence, Kansas. The seventh-ranked Jayhawks host BYU a six-and-a-half-point number in favor of KU. John, the total at 154-and-a-half as we near the end of the regular season in Big 12 Conference action. What's the breakdown tonight inside Allen Fieldhouse? Well, I want to start just with Kansas and the overall long-term picture because Mark Twain said worrying is like paying a debt that you don't owe. But I'm officially starting to worry about Kansas and the situation with Kevin McCullough. Bill Self has already said that he's not going to play tonight against BYU due to a lingering knee injury that has made him in and out of the lineup over the past month. And with Kevin McCullough, Ben, Kansas had limitations. Without him, to me, they're a team that's primed and destined to be knocked out by the second round of the NCAA tournament. It drastically changes their ceiling. And I have always felt this, and Ben, you've been covering sports a long time. When there's an ankle injury, a couple of days, a week off, you can heal that. Knees don't go away until after the season. So there's a lot of concern and a lot of trepidation when you think about the future of Kansas moving forward with a Kevin McCullough that's nowhere near 100%. Let's take a look at the Mountain West Conference here. It is heating up. You have, it looks like, six teams within one and a half games of the top spot after a sensational finish and a big game tonight, which Nevada is going to take on Colorado State at Moby. Six and a half now we're up to from an opening line at the FanDuel Sportsbook at four and a half and a total, let's say, at 140 and a half. Nevada and Colorado State tonight for you, John. Yeah, just another night in the Mountain West, right? But it's also another opportunity and another showcase for Nick Davidson, the talented sophomore for Nevada that not a lot of people are talking about. You know, one of the reasons why Nevada was so comfortable when it lost Will Baker to the transfer portal after last season was because it knew that it had a player like Nick Davidson in place to be one of the breakout players in college basketball. Over his last seven games, he's averaging 19-9. and nine. And Ben, let's give kudos right now to Steve Alford, who has Nevada on the cusp of going to the NCAA tournament in back-to-back seasons. It will be very interesting to see where the Mountain West plays itself out on Selection Sunday in just under three weeks or over two weeks, how you want to look at it. Also, a couple of other ranked Mountain West teams in action tonight. (laughs) Utah State, 11.5-point favorite. San Diego State, laying 21.5. What are you guys giggling at? Did I miss something? The monitor is pretty far back. I'm I'm, I'm putting up six fingers. Six fingers. Look at that. Six fingers. Six fingers. Yeah. Although New Mexico had, I I do. I was more confident of that before New Mexico had that loss to Air Force on Saturday, which was one of the more unpredictable results that we've seen this season. But I think at the end of the day, six get in. Who do you think is the team most firmly on the bubble, John? Is it New Mexico or is it Nevada? New Mexico, because of that quad four loss to Air Force, it was an abomination. But, you know, one thing I want to point out, too, with all the noise, with all the volume that we have seen surrounding the Mountain West Conference, I still think now the team that's rounding into form is the team that went to the national title game last year, and that's San Diego State. Brian Dutcher made an adjustment recently to move Jay Powell, the Campbell transfer, into the starting lineup. He is a prototypical Aztec defender, 6'9", can guard multiple positions. And, Ben, I'll leave you with this. In games this season where Jay Powell logs 20 or more minutes for San Diego State, the Aztecs are 10-1. That is a great nugget. A 21-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against San Jose State. John, we appreciate it. A best bet of them. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash Active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus and offering circular or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um. Closing out our three hours together live right here on this Tuesday all across the Sports Grid Network. This is the early line. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside, and this is the Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app available for download at both the Apple and the Play Store, included in the Spiz Grids app. Those are five-star plays. Known as best bets here on the early line, we give you one as well. Before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it is time for Bye Bye Bye. A lot of basketball to choose from on this Tuesday. What gets Donnie Wright side's attention? Rest advantages, and that's for the New Orleans Pelicans coming to Madison Square Guard tonight to take on the New York Knicks. I'm going to take the Pelicans at a minus three and a half price. They had an embarrassing game on Sunday in a home loss to the Chicago Bulls. They'll bounce back tonight. Why? Because the New York Knicks are going to be forced to play their starters close to 40 minutes again on a back-to-back where yeah. they escaped against a bad Pistons team. Give me the Pelicans tonight. Should win by five plus and cover that three and a half point spread. So listen, I've been looking up and down the college basketball board with a Mm. plethora of options on this Tuesday. Nothing has really stood out to me. There are the spots. We discussed one of the games with John Rothstein, Mississippi State, laying three and a half at home tonight against Kentucky in Stark Vegas. We have an unranked home favorite against a road-ranked opponent. Last night, it didn't work. Baylor won on the road, but now 9-4 and four straight up is that unranked home favorite, 8-5 and five against the spread. If you think the Bulldogs do get the win, I would think the total stays under 156.5. I also would look at an over with one of the highest over teams in college basketball. That would be Iowa against Penn State. The Hawkeyes flirting with the position of maybe looking at the bubble Total is 161.5 against the Nittany Lions tonight. I would lead with some offense being scored inside Carver Hawkeye. And Texas Tech looking to bounce back. Three and a half point home favorite against Texas. Those are the leans, maybe the best bets on this Tuesday. Donnie and I will talk to you tomorrow on a Wednesday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.